politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Well, there's a lot of questions. Uh, Is the United States of America going to engage militarily here in Ukraine? There's more and more indications that the answer might be yes, uh, which could turn out to be a disaster. But General Mark Milley is quietly planning to head to Europe tomorrow. And apparently he's going to visit NATO headquarters and stop in Stuttgart, Germany. He's going to talk with the chiefs of defense from allied nations, NATO headquarters, and visit U.S. military leadership and troops that are deployed to Europe, according to Joint Staff Spokesperson Colonel Dave Butler. Okay. We will see what happens with that. Um, Hopefully he is just going to speak and nothing more, and we won't hopefully read anything else into that uh good afternoon hope your podcast hope your your podcast hope your afternoon's doing well tonight of course is the state of the union address biden faces political annihilation he really does there's no other way to put it uh what a disaster this presidency has become it always has been but i mean really just become in the last uh even several months but there'll be no masks tonight uh the vampiric one the speaker of the house nancy pelosi confirming that due to the changing science she will not be wearing a mask tonight There'll be no mask. There you go. And uh, what I can tell you is that it seems like at the State of the Union address tonight, a lot of Democrats are going to be purposely not wearing masks, even though really nothing's changed. I mean, what's changed? Nothing. Nothing's changed. Of course, nothing's changed. But they're going to wear a mask, not wear a mask anyway, because they want to show everybody that everything's changed. And then they want to try to help say that Joe Biden is the reason why nothing's changed. Or everything's changed, I should say. But nothing, you you and I know nothing's changed. It's all, the whole thing is a scam. It really is. It's a scam. Um, uh, <laughs> they asked uh, Biden advisor Mitch Landrew on Biden's low approval rating. And you know what he said? He said, Americans are in a bad mood. We're in a bad mood. Is that, do you feel that way that we're in a bad mood and that's what the issue is? That we're just in a bad, we're just cranky? America's cranky. Do we have any reason to be cranky? I wonder. Hmm. Let's think about that for a moment. Well, when COVID is is, is beating you to death, uh, literally, and and you have an international, you know, incident like we're having, um, and it runs costs up, it can make everybody, you know, pretty angry and put you in a bad mood. Notwithstanding that that this president has done a spectacular job in the last year shepherding this country. Oh, a spectacular job. So, cause COVID. That's that's we're getting the cause COVID excuse. And also, even though COVID's still technically here, now it's over because now it's war. So now war is making everybody upset. Got it? Okay, very, very good. Uh, Here's the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Well, actually, I don't have a clip of this. Just her coming out and saying today, and the Speaker's office confirming that there will be no mask. She will not be wearing a mask tonight at the State of the Union address. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Let's see. What else can I share with you right now? I mean, uh, most of everything that's being discussed right now in advance of the State of the Union address tonight, has to do with, in fact, Vladimir Putin and everything that's uh, that's happening. Uh, Senator Steve, excuse me, Congressman Steve Scalise came out today and said, President Biden needs to stop financing Putin's war with Russian oil because he shut off the spigots of American energy. Exactly. This is everything I've been saying, and I'm glad that, se- that, that Steve Scalise is saying this, because this is literally everything I've been saying to you every day now. That Biden's war on energy is exactly why we are in the mess we're in right now. 
This has happened 100% because of that fact. And Steve Scalise is right. It is Biden's war on energy that is the problem right now. And I'm glad he's saying it because it needs to be said. Let's take a little bit of a listen to this. Thank you, Elise. Uh, Let me first send my prayers to the people of Ukraine. Uh, We're seeing such inspiring bravery, uh, but there is harsh brutality. The barbaric invasion uh, by Putin is having a devastating impact. And I know my colleague, Victoria Sparks, is going to talk about that later. We we pray for her and, and the things that she's heard from the ground. As we listen tonight to the State of the Union, which is in crisis on so many fronts, uh, I hope President Biden talks about what he will do to work with Republicans because we have real plans to get control of inflation, to lower gas prices, to take away Putin's leverage on energy, to control our border, to get crime under control around the country and confront the defund the police and the mentality where they're actually letting people out of jails in so many cities. On all of these crises, we have put strong conservative ideas on the table and President Biden refuses to work with us. But let me talk right now about Ukraine. Because if President Biden wants to do something to help the people of Ukraine, there are some very specific actions he can take right now. Just look at some of the steps that President Biden took since he's been president that have given leverage to Vladimir Putin and put billions of dollars in his pocket to finance this war against Ukraine. Not only did he cancel the Keystone Pipeline, his administration hasn't approved a single new pipeline in America. He's okay with Nord Stream 2, it seemed like, for for so many months. But then if you look, he put a moratorium on drilling on federal lands. And when the court struck it down just two weeks ago, think of how tone-deaf President Biden has been on energy. As Russia is moving over 100,000 troops onto the border of Ukraine, two weeks ago, President Biden issued a moratorium, a freeze on all new oil and gas drilling in America, begging... Yeah, and think about exactly how much this administration has gone after natural gas. He he has literally, when Democrats decided not to sanction the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, they gave aid and comfort to Vladimir Putin. Now, look, I'm not encouraging, I'm not suggesting that they should have. But let's, let's play this out here, okay? They decide they're not going to sanction Nord Stream 2. They're going to let that go forward at the exact same time they decide to punish our own natural gas industry. Everything Steve Scalise is saying here is exactly right. So now, Lawrence Drive from Harvard said, Tucker Carlson's engaging in treason by giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Well, if we're going to play that game, I would think giving aid and comfort to the enemy would be letting his natural gas pipeline go forward as you punish our natural gas pipelines, which could also be his competition. So you directly hurt American natural gas while you help Russia. I mean, one could argue that could be giving aid and comfort to the enemy. If we're going to play Lawrence Tribe's game anyway. And, you know, I don't play the hypotheticals of what if they've got something on Biden? What if this? That's where I get in trouble. I'm just saying that letting Nord Stream 2 go forward, like the Democrats did, was a gigantic kiss to Putin. At the very same time, Biden has done everything he can to hurt our own natural gas industry. 25 states line up against Biden's attack on natural gas industry. Let me share this with you from the Daily Caller. Half of all U.S. states penned a letter to the Biden administration arguing against its decision to reverse a Trump-era rule allowing energy firms to transport natural gas via rail. 
The 25 state state, uh, 25 state coalition said that the proposed prohibition of natural gas rail transport would have devastating effects on the economy and national security. According to the letter led by Republican Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry. Let me share that letter with you, shall I? It's addressed to Tristan Brown, acting administrator of the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. Dear Acting Administrator Brown, we, the undersigned attorneys general, as the chief legal officers of our states, write to express our concerns with the Biden administration's proposed rule published November 8th, 2021, to suspend authorization to transport liquefied natural gas by rail tank cars. This decision to reverse course on the amendment to the hazardous materials regulations creates regulatory uncertainty chilling potential capital investment in these specific tank cars, a tank car specifically designed to transport liquid natural gas. And that's, by the way, let me just, that's the goal here, obviously, is to scare the industry enough that nobody makes the cars that can actually transport the liquefied natural gas. The government plays these games all the time. They, they, they do this stuff just to needle the private sector to get what they want. They use the power of regulation to bypass Congress these little bureaucrats, they've got all kinds of ways to make laws without ever having to ever run for office, ever having to face voters, ever having to even vote on anything. They just do stuff like this. They put out rules, and whether the rules ever come to pass or not, sometimes it's enough to make people in the industries go, all right, I'm backing off. Creates regulatory uncertainty, chilling potential, which chills potential capital investment in the specific, the specific tank car, a tank car specifically designed to transport liquid natural gas. Moreover, the general concern that Transporting liquid natural gas by rail might result in an increase in production of natural gas, which might result in an increase in greenhouse gases, is a speculative concern untethered to the scope of your regulatory purposes. Finally, your reasoning does not adequately explain or justify the suspension of a rule that was subject to extensive notice and comment and thorough review of alternatives by the agency. Current geopolitical events involving Russia's unprovoked attack on Ukraine show with painful clarity the need for the United States to maintain its energy independence through multiple distribution points throughout our country. The agency should not move forward with suspension of a rule that serves that important objective. (laughs) Of course it should, because they want Putin to win, clearly. I mean, that's why, obviously... Continuing from the letter, natural gas is the primary energy source for electricity generation in the United States. Presently, 41% of the country's electricity is generated from natural gas. Meanwhile, U.S. greenhouse gas emissions have decreased by about 11%. And greenhouse gas emissions from electricity generation have decreased by 33% within the same time frame. The growth in U.S. gas production is a geopolitical and economic asset contributing to our national and global energy security. And as of 2020, it appeared that this agency agreed, stating that the United States leverages domestic technology improvements to transform American life through increased natural gas production and energy independence. Now, they're doing this, by the way, because you remember how the Democrats were all about broadband? They kept saying how parts of the country don't have broadband. We got a broadband access, broadband access. Well, as the attorneys general point out in this letter, for certain areas of the country, however, access to natural gas is limited. To address the problem of getting supply to meet the demand, American private industry stepped in with a solution. The Association of American Railroads petitioned for rulemaking to expand nationwide access to natural gas using rail. 
The position is that for more than 80 years, freight railroads have safely transported cryogenic liquids similar to liquefied natural gas, acknowledge that there was significant interest in transporting liquid natural gas by rail. In the 2020 rule, which the agency had first adopted, they said the recent expansion in U.S. natural gas production has increased interest in a pragmatic approach to using appropriately the nation's rail infrastructure to facilitate efficient transportation of LNG. Now, in addition to this letter, which they point out here, and let me point out to you, too, this administration and Democrat cities across the country are waging a massive war on natural gas. In San Francisco, New York, they're trying the same thing in New Jersey. They're not letting new natural gas go into new apartments, buildings. Buildings that are built have to be built with electricity, not with natural gas. Nobody likes to cook with that, with uh, electricity, by the way. Nobody. I'm one. As a, as a man who loves to cook, and I do, and I've made an outstanding Sunday gravy Sunday night, by the way. I'm just saying. As a man who loves to cook, I love using natural gas. I refuse to cook on electric stove tops. I don't like it. And something has to power the electricity. Now, you, you power the electricity using a variety of different methods. The left would like you to believe that it's all through green energy, that they can do that, but they can't. Natural gas is a way to make power and to make electricity cleaner because it doesn't have greenhouse gas emissions. It's clean burning. Last week, President Vladimir Putin ordered troops to invade Ukraine, leading to reports of missile attacks, shelling, deadly firefights in city streets, and an estimated 536 civilian casualties. Following the invasion, American fossil fuel industry groups argued that the U.S. should boost domestic production given Russia's grip on global oil and gas markets. Environmental groups, though, they don't like pipelines. They don't like transporting natural gas via rail. They say it's too dangerous. Emily Jeffers an attorney at the Center for Biological Diversity said at the time when the original rule was passed, the Trump administration's reckless liquid natural gas rule risks explosions and fires in populated areas. We'll fight to protect our communities from this deadly threat. Hey, how many explosions and fires are happening in Ukraine at the time we're speaking? Hmm? They wrote the fossil fuel industry is desperate to cover its bad bet on fracking by trying to easily move more liquid natural gas. Our climate and communities will pay a terrible price if we let these explosive trains roll through our cities and towns. (laughs) Now, as I told you a couple days ago, the Biden administration completely shut down any new natural gas pipelines altogether. No new drilling, no new natural gas, no new pipelines, nothing, nothing, literally nothing at the same time we give aid and comfort to Vladimir Putin and let his pipelines go through. Can you think of anything more un-American than that? Anything that risks world security more than that? Let me go back to Steve Scalise for a moment, shall we? Russia to produce more, but they're shutting it down in America. He could turn that around today. And then, of course, to stop the regulatory attack on American energy that President Biden alone has put in place that he could reverse tonight. And I call on President Biden to take all of these steps immediately tonight, because not only will it help American families, but it will take away Putin's leverage. Think about this number today. Between the United States, the UK, and the European Union, every single day, we are sending $700 million a day to Putin by buying his oil. $700 million a day going to Putin that we could reverse. Take that money out of his pockets. President Biden... Can you you imagine that? (laughs) I mean, you got people calling for a no-fly zone. How about just a no-buying-his-oil zone? 
How about we start with that? to stop financing Putin's war with Russian oil because he shut off the spigots of American energy. Bravo. Having devastating Bravo. impacts yes. on the people of Ukraine, yes. but it's putting billions of dollars in Putin's pocket. Exactly. Think about the number again. $700 million a day between the United States, European Union, and UK are going to Russia every single day. President Biden, these failed energy policies are having devastating impacts on Americans, but also on the people of Ukraine because those policies are financing the war. With that, somebody who knows... Bravo, Steve Scalise, bravo. You know, let me ask you a question because we keep hearing about how all these Republicans are giving aid and comfort to Putin. That's the Republican leadership of the House. Steve Scalise and Elise Stefanik and the others. Kevin McCarthy, they're all saying we need to stop Putin by ending this war on our energy and buying his stuff. So explain to me how Republicans are giving aid and comfort to Putin when these are this is Biden, who's 100% behind all of this when it comes to our energy, our natural gas, and buying Putin's oil and natural gas. Explain to me how Republicans are giving aid and comfort to him. I'm really confused. And I don't care what some whack job says at some far-right gathering of, of lunatics. I don't care. I'm talking about the leadership of the Republican Party is standing up and saying to the President of the United States, hey, listen, man, stop buying Putin's oil and natural gas. Do we have to even say this? And the media is silent about it. The media doesn't say a damn thing. You know what the media is doing? You know that we know what they're doing. If you want to know right now, they're having lots of fun. Google Gaga with Chelsea Clinton on Good Morning America. I want to ask you first because you were last. You were on GMA in April of 2019, and something had happened to you that had happened to a lot of people. Uh, they had to move back in with their parents. Now you move back in with your parents, who happen to be a former president and former secretary of state. Have you reprogrammed the kids that ice cream and pizza is not the staple of your diet? Yes. Well, TJ, it was such a gift to spend, you know, those few months over the beginning of the pandemic, really with my parents. The gift of seeing the relationship between my children and my parents was almost perfect, except um, the eating habits were (laughs) definitely not what uh, I was working on, where pizza was not acceptable for breakfast, lunch and dinner. (laughs) Thankfully, um, my mom realized that's probably not what I want to be teaching my grandkids either. Uh, So kind of we joined forces against my dad and my husband um, and got us all back on a healthy track. I'm just curious there as a follow up. Who was the mom? Your mom or your dad was the worst grandparent offender when it came to the diet? Oh, oh, you know, oh. my mom was the worst offender at the mm. beginning, but then yeah. my dad was like, well, this is great. They're so happy. I'm like, they're so happy because they're just full of sugar all the time. And this is not what we want for anyone. But fake laugh, we, we fake We, of course, corrected within a few yeah. weeks. I have to give them credit. They were like, you know, kind of the worst of indulgence. This is what Good Morning, Good Morning America, ABC, Disney, China loves this kind of stuff. The goofy, like, you know, the, the goofiness, you know what I mean? <laughs> They love this. They, they The executives, the suits love this. They really do. They sit back in the room and they just love this so much. Grandparents, but then thankfully they got on the healthy train. <laughs> well, that is a good update to hear. And the update here, you're in the fourth book now of the series. And this one focuses on science. But I understand some of the, the topics. By the way, the book is called <laughs> She Persisted in Science. That's the book. All right. She persisted in science. I can't, I literally cannot hear another second of this. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. But that's where the media's priority is right now. You know what I mean? It's not about holding Biden accountable for for Russia vis-a-vis the oil and natural gas. 
Uh, or or Nancy Pelosi calling us dumbasses, which is what she's doing, by the way, the Speaker of the House, the vampiric one. The reason why you're not happy with Joe Biden, you're just an idiot. You're just not very smart. First, it was Mitch Landrieu saying the, you're in a bad mood. You're cranky because COVID. Now it's because, well, you're not very... Uh, now, the polls show Americans deeply pessimistic about the economy. Inflation is only going to rise with what's happening on the energy front with this war. Um, what do you attribute to that? What the, the, the decline in the president's polls, even on COVID, on how he's handled it, um, what can he do to turn this around? Well, I think tonight's going to be very important because for people to appreciate what the president has done and that working together with the Congress, they have to know what it is. President Lincoln said public sentiment is everything. With it, you can accomplish almost everything. Without it, practically nothing. But people have to know for public sentiment to... And I knew Lincoln uh, very well. <laughs> we were we were best buds, and we hung out. With, oh, those were good. Oh, weren't those the good old days? Let's cut through. Now, do you want to know about the crisis in Ukraine like you want to be able to figure it out? Because I am going to help you. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich <laughs> Zioli Podcast. By turning to Kamala Harris, our nation's veep, to explain the situation in Ukraine. All right? Here we go. Buckle up, kids. You're going to learn a lot. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Basically, ah, that's wrong. <laughs> well, there you go. Basically, that's wrong. Got it? Uh, here's uh, what uh, Mitch McConnell said today about the uh, the situation in Russia, if you'd like to hear that, because I think it's important to know uh, everything that's happening right now. And, and again, you know, I, I don't know any real Republicans who are actually uh, cheering for Putin. Um, I, there are always extremists. There are always going to be wackos on both sides of the political aisle. I really don't care about them. The question is only what should the United States do about it? I, I, nobody wants to see Putin win here. But what should we do about it? And a no-fly zone has to be enforced, and that's war, and that will be an act of war if we shoot down a Russian jet, for example. Now, if the Congress of the United States of America wants to vote and pass a resolution of war, well, that's one thing. They're not doing that. What authority does the United States of America have to intervene here? You could argue it was that deal that was made years ago when we told Ukraine that we would protect them uh, in exchange for them getting rid of their nukes. The problem is that was never ratified by the U.S. Senate. So... Doesn't really, it's not a treaty in that sense. Secondly, the Congress of the United States might vote to authorize war. Then Ukraine's going to, I mean, Russia's going to authorize war against us. Now, we, now we're talking about possibly the end of the world, the nuclear war and, and, and all of it. That's the other problem here. You know, and, and, and in some ways you got to feel really bad for Ukraine for giving up their nukes because clearly nukes are a deterrent. There's no question about that. But I wasn't around for that. I didn't advise them to do it. So, you know, I guess the media should have asked Chelsea Clinton about that instead of what a goo-goo-ga-ga grandpa her, her daddy is, huh? Senator McConnell, you've long been critical of President Vladimir Putin. Was it a mistake for the former president to praise Putin as very savvy, smart, as Ukraine strategy, <clears throat> genius? <clears throat> what President Putin is, 
is a ruthless thug who's just invaded, invaded another sovereign country and killed thousands of innocent people. That's what President Putin is. All they care about is Trump. They, all they want to do is talk about Trump. You know what I mean? All, that's, uh, they, these, they cannot help themselves. They really can't. The media is just obsessed. Why not ask about Biden and what he's doing to help Trump, I mean, excuse me, to help Putin vis-a-vis the oil and natural gas? Want to hear what Ron DeSantis said about Putin? I love this. This is great. This is a guy who's basically an authoritarian gas station attendant, okay, <laughs> with some legacy nuclear weapons from the old Soviet Union. They, their whole society is hollowed out except for that energy. And so if you want to hit them, hit them at the gas pump. Hit them, hit them with energy. There you go. There you go. You hit him with energy. He's exactly right. <sighs> Our sanctions are doing nothing. By the way, the people of Ukraine seem to definitely be fighting back here. Now, Ukraine might be joining the European Union, in which case then Europe might be going in to help Ukraine. I don't know. Poland has said no. Other countries have said no at this point. They don't want World War III. I don't know what's going to happen. One thing I will say is that um, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey uh, and also of private islands, uh, Bob Menendez came out today and he explained why doing a no-fly zone could be problematic. Now, again, remember something. The media is trying to accuse that Republicans are doing what they can to help Putin, which is which is laughable. It's a total lie. But here's Democrat Senator Bob Menendez from the Foreign Affairs Committee, been on that committee forever. A no-fly zone over uh, Ukraine to be declared. He tweeted, declare a no-fly zone over Ukraine at the invitation of their sovereign government, disrupt Russia's air ops to give the heroic Ukrainians a fair fight. Do you agree? Well, the challenge with the no-fly zone is that you're uh, ultimately engaging in a direct conflict uh, with Russia. Uh, and that's a determination that has to be made. Uh, are we ready, uh, not only the United States, but NATO, ready to engage in a direct conflict with Russia? Because if you declare a no-fly zone and Russian aircraft flies into the zone, the only way to enforce it is to uh, take down that Russian aircraft or seek to move it out of the zone. So uh, I don't think that um, the West is ready uh, to have a direct confrontation uh, with Putin in a military context. Of course, what I've seen in my 30 years of foreign policy, I have never seen an international coalition come together as quickly and impose such punishing sanctions on oligarchs, on banks, on Putin himself, on the central bank, on Nord Stream, uh, on SWIFT in terms of some of these banks, and so much more uh, as we have seen now. And these will have uh, enormous consequences to Putin uh, back uh, in Russia. Yes, eventually they will. But I mean, even President Biden has said it's going to take a while. I think the, the term he used was a month for some of the real pain to kick in. That was before the latest round. Of before I leave you today, it, it seems as if uh, Biden's State of the Union address tonight is going to be very much again going all in on climate change because the party's controlled by whack jobs and that's what has to happen. So uh, we'll see if that is the case. I do know, though, that there's going to be a giant fence around the Capitol again tonight. And, you know, I really uh, admire the piece that was written today uh, in the New York Post. A permanent capital fence will make America look like an authoritarian state. James Bovard writing that. Uh, James is a great guy. Bovard's been on my show a bunch of times. Smart guy. 
And he points out that, you know, spooked by the threat of the anti-Biden trucker convoys heading to Washington, high fences will reportedly return around the U.S. Capitol in the coming days. When President Biden gives his State of the Union speech on Tuesday, he will have no fears of hearing any caterwauling from average Americans who are being impoverished and injected thanks to his policies because they'll be deployed on the National National Guard troops, deployed on the streets of Washington, perhaps finally vanquishing the local epidemic of double parking and jaywalking. So we're going to have National Guard troops on the streets, a fence around the Capitol. You see what this does, what it symbolizes, that America is under siege and attack. But again, that's what they want you to think. They always want you to think that, that all these right-wing MAGA lunatics are going to come and come and, and, and chase up the Capitol steps and then go and attack everybody. They want that. They love that. It's what they want. Hey, by the way, now that the science has changed, has anybody wondered whatever happened to Dr. Anthony Fauci, where he's gone? Does anyone know? Dr. Anthony Fauci, Asanto Fauci, where has this guy been? Now, I tell you something about it, which I think is pretty fascinating, is that nothing has changed regarding COVID except the politics of it. So now everybody is going to take the masks off and we're all going to act like this is thanks to Joe Biden's policies, which is a bunch of BS. But where's Fauci? Where, where's Fauci? You know why Fauci's not on TV is because Fauci doesn't agree with any of this, by the way. I mean, 66,000 people are getting COVID. So from Fauci's worldview, that means everybody should be lo- locked down again. I'm, I'm not joking. Walensky is the same way. The CDC bowed to the pressure of the White House, but nothing changed. But here's a little montage from our friends over at um, uh, Grabian. They put together a little supercut at Grabian News of media lackeys fawning over Fauci for your enjoyment. Take a listen. the single most respected voice in the pandemic. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious America's disease doctor. expert, Anthony Fauci. You are seen to many as a, a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci, American hero and New York Yankee fan. You've done so much for this country in terms of this crisis, so I really appreciate your insight. Who better to give us answers that we can trust than Dr. Anthony Fauci? The perfect person to answer our questions today. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, so Dr. Gross, Anthony Fauci, appreciate your candor. Dr. Fauci, appreciate the candor. We oh. appreciate your service to this oh. country. We appreciate your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Greatly appreciate your service. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I got to run but uh obviously i'll be watching the speech tonight i'm not going to go see the batman movie tonight so that i can watch the state of the union address even though you'd probably rather hear about batman tomorrow honestly than biden's speech but uh let me just as i leave you today i want to share with you this clip over at libs of tiktok on twitter they do some really amazing work over there um they find this the craziest stuff and this is a woman here a mom bragging about forcing her little kids to use her correct pronouns okay uh, this is, this is, here we go. Take a listen. I have a really proud moment that I want to share. So I'm a long distance parent and I get to typically talk to my kiddo through FaceTime and we've been working on my pronouns for probably about a year now. Everyone that she's with on a regular basis doesn't use my pronouns correctly. Um, and so that's a really, really hard sort of like line to walk for her um, because she's not with me all the time. Um, but we do talk about it. We talk about pronouns. We talk about, um, you know, what her pronouns are, what daddy's pronouns are, what mommy's pronouns are, what other people's pronouns are. And we just like really work through it. I always just gently remind her and say, hey baby, what are mommy's pronouns? 
And she's so funny because she's always like, oh, they, them. <laughs> like, she knows. This really sweet thing happened where she was going to tell her dad something and used my pronouns correctly without me needing to remind her. Like, did it all by herself. And I just, oh, my heart was so full. It felt like my child like actually saw me for just that moment. Simple as that. Effort is all we're asking for. You know how it's nothing about the kid and what the kid needs or anything like that? I mean, and the upside, of course, is long-distance parents, so there's that. But you imagine how selfish this... Oh, that... Yep, I know. That's it. I know. Have a great day. Enjoy it. Drinking game tonight. How many times Biden says, well, screws up everything, basically. How... How do we how do we do that? All right. How many times of that? We'll enjoy it. We'll have some fun. <laughs> how many times uh, do they turn around and just go say, "Let's go, Brandon"? I don't know. At least in, our, in their heads. At least in their heads. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it.